Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani along with my daughter and wonderful, delightful co-host, Lauren Simonian, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching where real life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Hello, Coach Lauren. How are you doing? Hello, Coach Dad. I am doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm also doing well. We're sitting here in a thunder and lightning storm. Are you scared? I love thunder and lightning storms. I must be honest, although I don't know that it's the best conditions for podcasting, but I find them to be very soothing. I mean, we just spent a quarter of a million dollars on our our self-coaching sound studio here. And... Yeah, if only if only people could see the visual of where my studio is set up. So, you know, it's it's like we should be able to block out thunder and lightning. My goodness, maybe not earthquakes and stuff like that. But anyway, uh, we are very excited today to be talking about reinventing yourself. What do you think? I mean, is that a good concept or what? I've always loved the, that concept and the idea that, you know, every day gives us a new opportunity to start over, to create the life that we want. I think it's very liberating. Okay, so I'm going to play a very liberating song for you called Jambalaya. Mm. And I kind of don't expect you're going to be thrilled, but nevertheless, <laughs> listen, listen first, and then I'm going to ask you to react, okay? All right. Here we go. Jumbo line, a crawfish pine, a feely gumbo. Cause tonight I'm gonna see Mama Shazamio. Pick it tough, fill fruit jar, and be gay. Son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the bio. So, do you like jambalaya? I think so. I'm not quite sure exactly where the connection is here, but <laughs> well, <laughs> I enjoyed it nonetheless. Well, you did. Good. Uh, actually, Jambalaya has absolutely nothing to do with today's podcast. <laughs> oh, so that was like a trick. Uh... <laughs> no, it's, it's just that that song is a favorite of mine. And it's 69 years old today, 1952. And well, you just played a random song. No, no wait, wait. I, th- oh, okay. I thought it might put us in the mood for reinventing ourselves. You know, as the song goes, pick guitar, fill fruit jar. And be gayo, son of a gun, we'll have big fun on the buyer. So we're going to have big fun today. <laughs> I know wow. it, it's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, you try to find a song that would be uh, applicable to reinventing yourself. There just ain't that many well, songs. Especially if you're only choosing songs from the 20s and 30s, as you like to do. <laughs> well, it's true. 
you'd be surprised. <laughs> Every single song has to do with love and romance and, and tragedy. <laughs> I would probably pick Jay-Z's Started From The Bottom mm -hmm. uh, if I were to beat the DJ this week. Jay-Z, huh? Is that a, a baby boomer? I No, he's definitely not a baby boomer. Okay. He started from the bottom, now he's here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> that's very impressive to me. I don't know Jay-Z. You don't know who Jay-Z is? No, I know. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. We'll have a tutorial after the podcast. All right, that's good. So okay. today we're going to be talking about reinventing yourself. A lot of us look at our lives and we tend to gravitate towards those things that we don't like about our lives and ourselves. So let's talk a little bit about changing our lives, maybe even changing our personality. You see, our lives and our personality are closely intertwined. So how about we start out with uh, changing or reinventing our personalities? Is that okay? Yes, let's do it. So let me ask you the very first self-coaching question of the day. Do you feel mm -hmm. we can change and reinvent a personality? Absolutely. I do believe that yeah, you can. That's true, because you were this dour, miserable, rotten person. And look at you yep. now. What a transformation. <laughs> I started from the bottom. Now I'm here. <laughs> you, you did. And look at uh -huh. you now. Wow. Quite <laughs> impressive. So is it, but seriously, is it really possible to change your personality? I mean, aren't, aren't we born with certain personalities, basic patterns that are fixed throughout our life? I would say, yes, there are basic patterns that are fixed, but they can also be undone and reestablished. Let's, let's talk a little bit about just your friend, Sigmund Freud. I know he's not your friend. Yeah, no, he's not my spiritual boyfriend, but that's okay. We can talk about him anyway. But he did say, and this is where I think a lot of uh, thinking was for a long time, that, that the personality is largely set in stone by the tender age of five. Now, you're, you're a teacher. Do you, do you think old Siggy was correct when he said that at five years old, that's it? That's it. You're, you're just who you are, and that's it. <laughs> I can't even fathom why someone could even could conceive that that would be true. Of course, we've, we've certainly have um, kind of evolved from that. Yeah, and I mean. My Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just thinking back to my five-year-old version of myself, and I'm really grateful that you know, evolved past we, 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 that. We, we, we go back to talking about that rotten, dour, <laughs> sad sack of a young kid you were. Yeah, well, I don't know that I was a sad sack, but I certainly was uh, a little bit, you know, I don't know, different well, than yeah, I am today, well, well, which to, is to, a great thing. To give Freud a little bit of credit, mm. you, I, I, and, and we've said this before in one of our talks here, that when you were in Mrs. Mario's class, that was your kindergarten class. Do you remember what she said about you? Yes. She said that I was Saturday night at the Bijou. Correct. 
that I like to have a good time. But I also, which, and yes, that is true. I still enjoy a fun Saturday night out and I love to be in a fun social settings. But I also, in, at five years old, was putting glue on my hands and trying to eat it and climbing over bathroom stalls and getting in trouble. Um, but, I rest so my, I but, but I rest my case. You haven't <laughs> changed at all. You still like to put glue on your hands. I, I don't know about <laughs> no the bathroom way. stalls. <laughs> I wouldn't announce whether you still crawl over bathroom stalls or not. But, but, but I guess my point is that, yeah, I guess when I think about it, you've always been that type of gregarious, fun-loving person. So to give Freud a little credit, some of this is kind of, uh, you know, kind of in the mortar and stone of our lives. But the biggest, the biggest controversy, of course, that still reigns today is the, uh, you know, the genetics, our nature uh, versus the experiences, our environment, you know, so mm -hmm. it's the nature nurture. Yes. Where do you come down on the nature? Nature nurture. Are you uh, an advocate of one or the other or both? Definitely lean towards the nurture. Uh, I know that our genetics do play a part into the chemical balances in our brain and, and all of that. But I think that nurture can outweigh the, the nature. Hmm, I'm not totally sure. But I think I think certainly your point is well taken. I think that at least from, from my intense studies this morning, <laughs> that, that basically uh, somewhere in between is where most of the thinking is today, that we, we tend to give credibility to both. And, and I think that's important because I do think we have a basic template of our personality. Is that a good word for describing that we, we have an essential predisposed template? Is that a good way of putting it? Yeah, I think so. I, I like, I think I, it gives me comfort to believe that nurture is more powerful than nature, just because then it gives us more control to determine how we want our lives to turn out who we want yes. to be. Okay, let me, let me see if I can challenge that. There was a, um, a study, a very famous study with identical twin boys. They were separated after birth. I saw this documentary. It's so I, cool. It's not a documentary. It's a study. No, the, go ahead. They did do a documentary on it. And, just... and, and, they, and the horses came and stampeded the house. You, you, know, you saw that documentary? No, I didn't see okay. that one. There were no so horses the, in mine. So there were <laughs> twin, two twin boys that were separated after birth and reared apart. Now, as adults, the two men married women with the same first name, they shared similar hobbies and had similar levels of certain traits measured on personality assessments. So, so there is certainly credible. Uh, and weren't they, weren't they uh, adopted by two separate fam like two very distinct families? Like one was higher at socioeconomic status and the other one was a lower income family. Well, if you say so. At least in the documentary I watched, it was, it, they actually did an experiment that was very highly illegal at the time, but they were studying the two. You hear the thunder? I do. Just don't get us scared. I'm sorry to interrupt. Rumbling. Everything's lightning and flashing and it's kind of exciting. Yeah, I love it. I'm sorry. So we're That's talking okay. about. So I was just saying that uh, in, in the study, they did actually 
find ways to get them into two very distinct environments so that they could really see how much nature plays into someone's personality. So I guess in that way, it did prove your point. But but let's agree that there's a, a fundamental aspect of our personality that that we come we come into our lives with uh, there are dispositions right i mean certainly some people are disp- disposed to is that, am i using the right word Pre- predisposed predisposed to I'm eating sorry. glue off their hands exactly yeah and climbing over bathroom stalls right and there are predispositions people are and what's the right word are disposed to perhaps obesity sometimes alcoholism, uh, depression, various illnesses. The world is wrong with me. I have to stop the focusing thunder, on I'll The stop thunder focusing. brings like a, a dramatic uh, undertone to what you're it's saying. Like a, it's like I want to finish this podcast and run into the shelter. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? Your nature is one that is easily oh, distracted, apparently. Yes. So, so we have this fundamental essence of who we are. And there are predispositions, as I said, the, you know, toward obesity or alcoholism or certain diseases or blood sugar and all that kind of stuff. So, so what we can do, though, is we have to talk a little bit now about how we can reinvent or reshape that which we are. And that's what you said earlier on. And that's that, you know, you can't really believe that you're, you are fixed in stone. We have to kind of look at it as there's a range of possibilities within that essential personality, right? Yes, I agree. And also one differentiating factor too is like if you're born with a predisposition but it's something that you want to avoid or circumvent, I think that you, if you set your mind to something, you actually can change certain things that you are born with. Like for instance, a predisposition to obesity or diabetes or um, you know, being antisocial, whatever it might be. Like if you're aware of the things that you're predisposed mm-hmm. to, you could you could try and reestablish the pathways in your mind in order to get around that. Yes, you're absolutely correct. And, so I think but, it's when you're unaware of it and yeah. you just allow time to, to unfold, then it's more likely to happen. Yeah, I definitely want to get into that. Let's in, in just a minute. I, I think we should talk a little bit more in depth about neuroplasticity. It's very important. But, but I, for now, what I'd like to focus on is that if you believe that, let's take intelligence, that your intelligence is fixed, then you're not likely to take steps to deepen your thinking, right? So a lot of it depends on whether you think that you are changeable or not. So, I, you know, if, if you're going to make a big effort to, to grow and expand and become more knowledgeable, if someone tells you, well, you know, your, your IQ is, you know, it's not so hot. Well, you're not going to make those, those efforts. I think it's important. I, I, I loathe to tell this story, but I think I should. Uh, I wasn't I wasn't much of a student in high school, not not because so much of intelligence, but just because of stupidity. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> Were you predisposed to it or are you? Uh... I, w- I was. And okay. so by the time I got to, uh, I guess I was a junior, we went to the guidance counselor, my mother and I, and she said to the counselor, you know, I'd like to talk to you about Joe going to college. And he looked at her and he looked at me and he looked back at her and he said, 
don't waste your money. <laughs> I swear. Yes. So, so, wow. so I, 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 I've had that fixed notion that, well, I wasn't really a student. I wasn't really that intelligent. So, you know, we can be derailed by a belief. And it's very important that we don't allow ourselves to be limited by that belief. So you, you were kind of talking about that before, about, you know, what you believe is important. How much range is there? How much flexibility is there? I mean, if you would have told me today, or if you would have told me when I was 17 years old that I was going to be doing these things that I'm doing today and writing these books and stuff, I would have thought you were high. I would have never, ever believed it. So, and, you know, I think it's important that we realize just how much flexibility there is in terms of the wiggle room with our personalities, right? Yes. Yes, I think that so many people have established limiting beliefs throughout their existence and beliefs are things we think over and over again. And so if you constantly think or are told, you know, you're not meant for that, or you're not good enough to do that, or you're only supposed to be doing X, Y, or Z, uh, we begin to believe those things. Mm -hmm. And that becomes our reality because we don't challenge them unless we become aware and clear that those things are meant to be challenged if we want to create the life that, that we want. So sometimes, you know, even even my guidance counselor is saying, you know, don't waste your money. It does light a fire sometimes. And and that fire is is proof positive that with the right incentive, you, we really can alter the course of our lives. And it's very, very important that we we don't just get into a kind of uh, tunnel vision view of who or what we are. And and what about just rein, reinventing not only who we are, but what we are. I mean, you may be stuck right now, but is that really relevant in terms of your potential? Well, even that thunderclap distracted me. You know, it's going to be weird if, if when we listen to this recording afterwards, if no one else hears the thunder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like our, our beautiful sound studio here is, is muting that thunder sound. So people are going to think, what are they, crazy? Oh, my God. Come on. There's no thunder. So, <laughs> so changing, changing our lives, who and what we are, right? And I think, so let's, let's get into the real weeds of this, and that's changing the habits of our lives and developing new habits. And that's where you brought up earlier, changing those neurons and neuroplasticity. So if I may, let me just say that neuroplasticity is really the science of showing how learning changes, the, literally changes the anatomy of the brain. Unless you have a different millennial take on that, Lauren, we'll stick with that definition. Yeah, I'll accept it. <laughs> so glad you will. And I, I will throw out one very famous study from England. In England, they have those little black taxi cabs. And to, in order to get a black cab license, you have to study for two years. And you have to learn something like 22,000 landmarks and streets. And it's, it's really quite an accomplishment. So what they did is they, they took the cab drivers who were in training and they took an image of their brains. And then after the two years, they took another image of the brain. And lo and behold, what did they find out? That a certain area in the hippocampus, the area responsible for navigation, 
that area in the brain actually expanded, literally. Now, to make this even more dramatic, because I know it's a very dramatic story, they compared it to bus drivers and bus drivers who first started out and two years later. What they found that the bus drivers, the same area of their brain did not change. So, so why didn't it change, Lauren asks. Well, huh, let me tell you, Lauren, the reason it didn't change was because the bus drivers don't have to navigate. They just do the same route every day, every day. And the cab drivers have to figure things out. So they're expanding that part of their brain. That's the plasticity, the plastic nature of our brains. Mm. <laughs> wake up, wake up, Lauren. No, I, I, I'm taking it all in. I totally agree. <laughs> and I like to think of it as like a massive solar system inside of our minds because we have billions of neurons and they're all just trying to connect to one another to create patterns and memories and thoughts and the thoughts that we have over and over again have strong pathways so it's like a very easy deep constellation mm -hmm. and then you know when we try to rewire it, it, it it's a little bit difficult at first to create a new connection but it can be done and the more times you practice the new thing the deeper the connection becomes and that's sort of how you break a habit or how you recreate yourself through neuroplasticity so it's it's like you say we're, we're really we're really wanting to change those patterns but we have to neutralize bad patterns if you don't like something about yourself let's say you're too much of an introvert and you want to be more like Lauren and climb over bathroom stalls and stuff. Well, well, you have to you have to practice that. You'd have to go into the bathrooms every day and climb over stalls until you a commitment. <laughs> but what would be an example of someone wanting to acquire? Well, you know, yeah, I think any sort of skill it's easiest to think about. Yeah, uh, sports, music, mm -hmm. math. Um, the more times you do something, the the deeper the connection gets. Yeah, and it isn't, isn't it important to point out that when you're practicing something, what you're really doing is you are reinforcing certain habit loops in the brain. And these habit loops only through practice become the loops that they become. It's like tying your shoe or doing something, touch typing, which you do so well. You didn't have to learn. If you had, Can you imagine if you had to learn to do that every day? I mean, how long did it take you to really get those little fingers jumping on that little phone keyboard. It took some, it took some practice, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And now, now you don't even think about it. It becomes real. I, I always have this vision for some reason of a, of a blizzard and in a blizzard, the, the places that you walk, you create footprints. And so the, the more times you walk through that same pathway, it becomes easier and easier. And then that tends to be the preferred way that you get from point A to point B. You just follow where those footprints have been and you don't have to worry about slipping or falling or trudging through the snow. And so it becomes an easy pathway. And, uh, you know, and then if you want to go somewhere else, you can, you can choose to create a new path, but it, it's difficult. You have to trudge through the snow that might turn into ice and find a way to actually, it, it takes effort basically to create a new path. So we typically choose the easier pathway because it's already there, uh, even if it doesn't lead us to exactly where we want to go. But we do always have the choice to create that new pathway. It just takes effort and time before it's actually easy to walk through to get to the so, new so the what new happens point. when summer comes and there's no more footprints in the snow 
Where do you go? You lost. The metaphor melts. I don't know. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> that was very nice. The metaphor melts. That was a melting metaphor, folks. That was good. I like that. Uh, we we need to realize that every every effort we make, every thought we have on some minute, minuscule level, we're affecting the electrical chemical events in our brain. So any habit that you don't like, whether it be a habit of just being cynical, you know, cynicism and just putting people down and being pessimistic. These are habits. These are acquired habits. So yeah, you could kind of look at intelligence and say that's that's kind of rooted in genetics. And by and large, a lot of it is, but, but we don't know the range. We don't know what has become habituated just due to a learning environment, people telling us that we can't, all that kind of stuff. So we need to know that our thoughts affect our brain chemistry. And if you really want something, you have to understand it on that kind of neuronal level. You've got to pay the price to get there. It's not going to happen by wishful thinking. And it's not going, and especially if we're talking about an acquired habit, like playing an instrument is a good example. You're not going, no matter how much you want to, it doesn't matter. The want to is not as important as the effort, the practice, the desire, because you are training your neurons to form, as Lauren would say, a new new footprint in the snow. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. That's right. New feet, feet prints in the snow. <laughs> All righty. <laughs> so we know now that neuroplasticity, we know that we have certain parameters to who we are. And, and certainly, Lauren, you uh, have remained true to your, your exuberant personality. Can you think of any areas that are very different where you've evolved from when you were young? Mm. Yeah, for sure. There's one uh, that I know is different, which is that when I was young, I don't really remember this per se, but I know a lot of people used to tell me, you and mom included, that I was terrified of adults speaking to adults. And I, I guess I was fine, you know, playing and being with my friends. And I was sort of a leader among my peers. But when it came to speaking to adults or teachers, uh, I had a really difficult time with that. And that drastically changed I probably about midway through elementary school but that that's one thing that just stands out because that certainly was not part of my personality that persisted do you, do you know what you did or how you challenged that was this do you recall that you were trying to be better at talking to adults yeah I remember Justin my brother to sort of giving me some feedback on that and bringing my awareness to it in the first place I don't think I ever even knew what I was doing, which was basically just ignoring any adult that tried to talk to me. I would look down and try to, you know, just ignore the conversation. But he, he explained to me that that's actually hurtful to other people. And he challenged me to try to change it. And that was the first time I really experienced this idea that like, hey, you can actually change the way you act and you can change who you are. So that was a helpful lesson for me early on because it really did have an impact but i guess uh, help me out here but the biggest problem whoa whoa that was a big one is that did i say something is that my fault wow and, and again people listening to this is saying what the heck's going on with that i didn't hear anything that one was <laughs> I, you know i don't even know if i remember what, 
I guess the biggest limitation we have is to believe something is immovable or unchangeable when in fact there's a lot of wiggle room. You know, it's if you if you believe you cannot change, then you will not change. So everything is changeable. I guess you have to realize that there may be some limitations, but our lives, in order to, to reinvent our lives, there's just so much uh, potential for that, that it, it's almost silly to feel like, why bother? Because I am who I am. Remember Popeye the Sailor Man? You probably don't remember Popeye. Of course I do. Popeye said, I am who I am, and it's all who I am, because I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I would sing it for you, but I know you wouldn't want that. So. <laughs> So, so change, you know, if you believe it, you know, let's face it, what you believe is what you become, right? That's true. Yes. You, you, you seem hesitant there. <laughs> no, I, I, that, yes, I agree. What you believe is what you become. Definitely. I also was just going to say that the reason I hesitated was because I was thinking too, that our, the contrast in our life, like the things that we don't like about our current situation or our or our current personality or way of life i think is also just very important because when we experience contrast or when we start to reflect on our life and realize the things that we don't want it gives a lot of clarity and helps us to define what it is that we really do want mm -hmm. so it it's not something to you know, throw away and ignore. It's actually really great information that when you look at your life as a whole and you decide what is it that I wish I could change or when I decide to reinvent myself, who do I want to become? Um, it often helps to look at the things that you don't like about what's happening right now and, and actually accept those things as a gift because they provide such val valuable information. Yeah, you say who do I want to become, let's talk about that for a second, who you want to become. Now, you have to be realistic, right? And you, and you can't be overly greedy or grandiose. So how do, we, how do we really determine what is not only necessary or what we want, but that what we want is, is legitimate? I, I, I know I'm all over the place with this, but how do we know it's not driven by insecurity? And we say, well, I wanna be a movie star. You know, I want to be something, you know, that is just ludicrous, like uh, I want to be a billionaire. Uh, how do we how do we define those goals? Is, is there a way that you might suggest? Because we want to reinvent ourselves. We want to kind of work out those negatives and we want to start putting some goals in front of us. But give me some some help on how do we how do we kind of set realistic and obtainable goals? No, I, I know realistic and attainable are you know, where we want to focus, but I also think that it helps to start with your vision of what you really want, even if it's not necessarily attainable. It helps to see the picture of, well, what if this were possible and and give yourself no limitations and just kind of imagine what what would the, the best case scenario be. And I like starting there because it helps us to move beyond the limiting beliefs that we might have. Um, because a lot of times we hold ourselves back and, and think to ourselves, well, that's not realistic. When in actuality, more often than not, things are potentially attainable and potentially realistic beyond our belief mm -hmm. system. So I think just imagining into that dream vision first and then kind of from there, allowing yourself to set, you know, small steps to. Yeah, I kind of like that. There. That's that's really uh, it's optimistic, you know. Why not have you know, big ambitions. Why not? You're right. I like that. 
Uh, and I think that, you know, if I wanted to, uh, you know, play the piano at Carnegie Hall, why not? So I, I start taking lessons and I have all this ambition. But I think in time, reality sets in. But but nevertheless, so maybe instead of playing at Carnegie Hall, you start to just play for the enjoyment of it. So it, it leads down avenues that may enhance your life. And and when we try to reinvent who we are, I, I totally agree with you. Maybe maybe we should take the brakes off and, and just let it fly. Where, where do you want to fly to? I like that, Laura. And you don't fly over the bathroom stalls, just so you know. No, you have to climb up there. <laughs> so when we want to reinvent ourselves, and maybe, you know, in terms of playing at Carnegie Hall, let's let's not focus on the outcomes. That would be getting to Carnegie Hall. Remember the old joke, how do I get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, practice, practice. Um, so, so in order to have those goals, we should focus on the efforts, not the outcomes. Going back to what you said, which I am totally in agreement with, that have those big goals. And, but don't focus just on getting to Carnegie Hall. Focus on the effort and the enjoyment you're getting in the process. I kind of think you would agree with that, knowing your spiritual advisor advises you to agree with your father. <laughs> yes, I do agree with that. That's would, very what, zen of you. What would your spiritual advisor say about all of this changing and, and self-belief? And would, uh, that, uh, I, guess, I guess he would have a problem with... Uh, he actually would have a problem with this because... Oh, my gosh. I know. Well, This, this is horrible. We'd, what are we going to do? You're going he, against he, your spiritual advice, your spiritual bo boyfriend, right? My spiritual boyfriend, yeah. It's okay. He would understand. We're still evolving. But he would suggest not looking to a future date for something to change. He would suggest changing uh, each yeah. present moment. So uh, there is nothing beyond this moment, right? But that's also very powerful, too, because it's easy to make changes in this moment and then again in the next moment and when we don't think of it as one massive shift instead we think of it as small moment to moment changes it becomes a bit more attainable in some ways that's brilliant yeah i i, I guess i should have seen that you're absolutely positively correct that change all change anything we do only happens in the now um we don't change behavior tomorrow we change it in this moment or it doesn't change or in the next moment or the next moment but every change is incrementally dependent on what you do in those moments right right am i getting it am i starting are you starting to get through to me with this being present and the now kind of stuff yeah yeah i think you are very present in your life yeah yeah well then i wouldn't be so distracted by the thunderstorm would i I don't know because it's happening in the moment. So, ah, yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, focusing on efforts, not outcomes, keeps you in the present, right? That's it. That's a good way of putting it. Instead of getting to Carnegie Hall, let me focus on the music I'm making right now. And you can focus on the text that you're doing right now. And we are in the moment. Yes. It's 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 so it's almost releasing. There's kind of like a, a a weight that gets lifted. You know, the weight of past thoughts and future expectations and desires and apprehensions, 
and and all that just dissipates when you only have to be in the moment. I don't know. It's like a, a, a cool breeze that blows through your life and you feel refreshed by it because there's no past, no future, just, just now. That's right. Well, I may become uh, an advocate, a devotee of Eckhart like you. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty powerful stuff because you, you actually, in reality, you can't change the future in the future. You can only change your future in the now. That's right. So he, he gives you the perspective of, you know, power because your, your power lies in this moment. And this is the time where you can make changes that are actual instead of just theoretical. You know, but it's starting to, my mind is kind of, did you ever see those Escher paintings that the staircase that keeps winding back to itself? And- yes. So when you say you could only change the future in the now, that's to me, that's like an Escher kind of mental where my brain starts to get, you know, fried because basically you can't change the future because there's the only now. So there's no future. <laughs> that's right. That's so right. You, so you can't change the future. So you, well, forget it. <laughs> it just reminded me of an Escher painting that I can go up the steps and. Yeah, go, that's a good visual. Lo and behold, we're at the bottom again. <laughs> But I think it's I think it's kind of true. I mean, if you think about really trying to be a present person, uh, then the future is is really just this abstract concept that will never come because there'll only always be just the now, and the now is really not even a now. And see if I'm if I'm really taking this too far, the now isn't a now because if you try to put your finger on it, it's gone. So it's this transient kind of a, a river that's flowing. You, you can't really point to a point in a river that's that's just going to stop. It just keeps flowing. So what is now becomes the next now, the next now. So every now is this transient moving. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'll have yeah. to think, think some about that because I'm having like mental um, kind of eruptions right now with all this <laughs> This now stuff. There will never be a time that is not now. Ah, that's it. Well, let, let me think about that a second. There will never be a time when there's not now. Oh, there will be when you're dead. I guess. I, I guess. <laughs> that will be your now. No, you're right. There'll never be. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess we can all sum it all up that when, when it comes to being anything you want to be to try to you know grasp that that flexibility and you always say fake it till you make it because there's a technique that just act as if so if you if you want to learn to you know whatever whatever the talent or the goal might be and you feel it's beyond your reach well fake it fake it till you make it you know we're we're talking about a growth mindset you know rather than that fixed mindset and if if you can't feel it in your bones right now, then fake it a bit because you're actually affecting those neurons and just playing the role, acting as if you're actually getting experience that begins to shape you. And, and again, I come back to Lauren, you've often said that, and I love that phrase, fake it till you make it. I love that too. Yes. And I think that it helps to find a role model or somebody that you aspire to be more like in that particular way. So especially when it comes to confidence, I think fake it till you make it is 
really helpful with with confidence in general. So if you were to find somebody who exudes the confidence that you also want in that particular place in your life and just sort of study them a little bit and and watch how they do what they do. Mm-hmm. And then you use that as your as your springboard to then try and mimic it. And, and it it feels almost easier to do it that way because you're not asking yourself to become that person right away. You're just asking yourself to act as if you were that person. And so, uh, you know, it gives us a little bit of, um, it it placates our fear a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it also, like you said, it affects the neurons and it starts to change our brains. And soon we do become that person or like that person. I think you've changed my brain substantially today. And oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry, Lauren. Uh, forgive me, but I, I lost track of the time. Do you know what time it is right now? Uh, it's either thunderclap time or pep talk time. It's pep talk time. Yeah. Reinventing yourself pep talk. Our new self-coaching pep talk of the day. So there's a line from a poem that goes, stone walls do not a prison make nor iron bars a cage. It's not walls or iron bars that imprison us, it's our thoughts. Don't ever make the mistake of thinking that your genetics or your environment are keeping you from your goals. Sure, you may have a genetic tendency towards certain traits, but your life is not predetermined. Starting today, rather than a fixed mindset, embrace a growth mindset. What you believe is what you become. And don't let anyone ever tell you differently. So, Lauren, before we go, I I know I'm not even going to ask you for a, a closing remark, but because first I want to introduce our sponsor, selfstudioslearning.com. And Lauren, would you like to give us a little bit of insight as to this wonderful dynamic program that you've put together? Sure. Self Studios Learning is a program that is developed for children and teenagers to help them get access to social emotional learning, wellness tools, and psychology-based education. So it is available through Zoom or in person. And if you'd like more information, please visit our website. And I shall do that right now. I will type in with my little thumbs. Self Studios Learning, one word. What was it at? Dot com. Dot com, yes. Good for you. Good for Self Studios Learning. So, Lauren, I hope I didn't cut you off by saying I don't want to hear if you have a closing statement. I didn't say that, but do you feel somewhat bitter that I'm not letting you give a closing statement? But if you want to, I'll let you. Uh, no, I have no attachment to my to my closing remarks. So that's good. Yeah, you you are a person who has reinvented yourself. I was only kidding about you scaling the bathroom stalls because I know you don't do that anymore. So you have totally reinvented yourself, and I'm very proud of the invention that you've come up with. And I think you are a role model for all those kitties that uh, have looked up to you in the past. And the oh what. Let's not go past and future. All those kids that are looking up to you in the, they're not, but you're in the not present in the, moment. <laughs> but the, you're not in the classroom, so they can't be looking up to you now. I, I, again, that Escher thing is just going around in my mind. Uh, I've got to go. I've got to go. 
enough is enough. But I hope you don't mind, Lauren, but I, I just, you, 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 it's, my mind is about to explode, okay? Okay, yeah, we better get you some assistance. Okay, and, and make sure you visit our websites, self <laughs> what is it learning self studios learning <laughs> and visit our websites selfstudioslearning.com and selfcoaching.net and yeah, .net.com come on people get it straight selfstudios is .com selfstudioslearning.com <laughs> oh god why am i going what's wrong with this i think it's the electrical feel that this the lightning is causing in my brain your anyway. neurons are short circuiting exactly <laughs> and when you get to selfcoaching.net you'll learn more about our self-coaching philosophies and while you're there check out my latest number one best-selling book unlearning anxiety and depression the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life so until next time Remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless, and you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join Lauren, the bathroom stall scaler, and me every week. And let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams Don't surrender, there is more than it seems Hold on and fight, follow your heart